0: Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the top 10 recovery podcast The betrayed the addicted and the expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible. Even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. Welcome. Today, I am here with my friend Kristen Bagley, and we are talking about empathy versus sympathy and how we can show up with more compassion for those people around us who we want to. I think we all want to show up with more compassion. So, Kristen is One of my friends, I think we've been friends six years and we met on social media. A Mm -hmm. lot of my best good friends I've met on social media and she is born and raised in Utah and graduated from the U of U. She's married, been married almost 25 years and is the mother of four children. And she's a realtor with um, Summit Southeries International Realty. She's awesome. She's done. um, We've had lots of great conversation over on Marco Polo. And, um, we actually had a conversation about empathy versus sympathy, and we have both have lots of experience with both sides Mm -hmm. giving Mm -hmm. and receiving. Yes. Messing up doing doing it right.
1: Yes. And I think that's one of the things that helps us learn. This is so important is when, I mean, my disclaimer, I always say stupid things and, and probably leave people feeling. Like their project versus having empathy. And that's one of my life lessons that I'm trying to learn because those who have given me empathy at times of needing it have have helped me feel love instead of shame.
0: Yes. And so that's what we wanted to talk about. Uh, I was telling Kristen, you found the whole description and were able to separate and understand what they were years before I did. Uh, But I remember it was probably, probably six years ago for me, seven, probably seven now, Um, I was introduced to Brene Brown's work and started to learn about shame and empathy and that it was this skill, especially empathy that I could adopt and practice every single day, but it's a skill that not a lot of us are born with. And so we can be born with that compassion. We can be born with sympathy, but I was realizing, I don't think I have a lot of empathy inside of me and I I don't feel like I'm very good at it and I want to be good at it. And so for me to learn what those things meant really changed my world. And, um, so tell me this. Okay. So we were talking about just quickly. I, when I was first married, I lived in a funeral home. So we got to see and take care of a lot of different families who were going through that grieving process. And then I've had a lot of people in my close family pass away And so you would think I'm like, I am a master. I know what to say when somebody is grieving a death
1: Mm -hmm. and I'm not. Yes. I relate to that.
0: (laughs) I still, I'm like, what do I say? What do I do?
1: Yes. And I, I'm horrible at the exact same thing. Experienced loss in our family, some expected some unexpected, and I still don't know what to say to others. Um, but what really resonates with me throughout when I, when I sit back and kind of, Think about the experiences. It's not so much what people have said, it's what they have done that shows they're in the trenches with you. They're not asking lots of questions, details. They just, they, they perform an act of service. And to me, maybe that act of service just says, Hey, I care about you and you have value. And that's what's important to me. So I need to emulate that to others. But I know I'm queen of saying things that I didn't mean to be insensitive at the time, but it's because I didn't have the words or maybe the courage to show how I felt in my heart at the time of other people's loss or trials. Yeah.
0: And we don't want to say the wrong thing. So sometimes we say nothing or do nothing, Mm -hmm. which, you know, then we often regret. Right. So tell me, you have a definition. Tell me what the definition is between empathy and sympathy, because sometimes I think part of not knowing what to say is because we don't even understand what that is.
1: Yes. And so Brene Brown says it beautifully. I was introduced to Brene Brown in 2014. I was just kind of in a place in my life where I was really struggling. And so I went onto Audible. I'd kind of disconnected myself from all things in the world for a while. And I was like, I need to get back into reading and all these things went on Audible and found Brene Brown's lecture about wholeheartedness. Um, Listen to her five-hour lecture slash book. And she describes it as empathy fuels connection, meaning I relate, like I want to hug. I relate to you. Sympathy drives disconnection, like you poor thing, or what can I do to fix you or fix your situation? It doesn't, it doesn't bring people together. It drives them apart.
0: And I think we listening, we were like, yes, done Mm -hmm. that. Or had that happen to Mm -hmm. you. Right. Oh, totally done it. Like embarrassed. Yeah. Both sides. We're on both sides. Mm -hmm. I think everyone listening, we can all agree. We've all been on both sides. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So she also says when uh, empathy is a tool of compassion, we can respond to empathy in with empathy only if we are willing to present to someone's pain, to be present with someone's pain. And if we're not willing to do that, it's not real empathy. And so I think the, the idea of, um, I remember seeing (coughs) this video of, you know, empathy is like, there's this person down in this pit, you know, the pit of despair. Mm -hmm. And we're looking over this pit and we're looking down in this hole. And it's like, oh yeah, like I could throw you, I could fix it. I can throw you a ladder. I can do it. Or I can just like get down in there and like sit and listen to you mm-hmm. and hear you. And I think for me, the empathy comes from, and I, I maybe this is why we love Marco Polo so much is because I can tell you something and you're just listening mm-hmm. and then you can respond when you have time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's a video a messaging app, but it is not live it, like a FaceTime and so you tell me your story i'll take a note or i'll think about it and then i come back and sometimes i don't show up great sometimes i'm like yes th- i understand that because i've also been through something similar and i start to make those connections and i sometimes share and overshare what whatever we do those things we do
1: but with a, with a close friend mm-hmm. sharing and finding commonalities in our sharing is a connection versus a disconnection but like one of the things i've had to learn is When and where and with whom are you sharing Mm. to create that connection too early or without trust? Yeah. So as friends, we already have a trusted friendship that matters, but Marco Polo, I, I, struggle with, um, interrupting people. It's something I, I work on consciously. Um, but Marco Polo has definitely helped me to learn, to listen. I can't interrupt, um, I I maybe should communicate with my husband more through Marco Polo. (laughs) That's honestly what we used to do when we needed to have a
0: hard conversation, but like we couldn't do it, you know, whether it was timing or whatever. I would say, Hey, I'm going to go on a drive and I'm going to send you a Marco Polo because I just needed him to hear me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to hear the defensiveness or whatever. I just needed like, just understand what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm asking. And so Um, Yeah. Marco
1: Polo saving the world out there. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an app that requires us to connect versus disconnect. Yes. Okay. So
0: let's say we're at a party. This happens to me frequently. Um, People will come up and say, Oh, I know who you are. I know your story. They can respond with sympathy and pity of like, that's so hard you're so brave. You've done, you know, and they build me Mm -hmm. up into this thing, but it feels, I don't feel like I'm getting built up. I feel like they're pushing me down and saying like, that's super sad. Like you've had a really crappy life. I don't know how you've done it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't either. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not brave. I'm not big. I'm not doing all these things. Um, that to me is the more the pity sympathy and it's a disconnect right it's almost mm-hmm. like i don't actually want to hear any more of who you are i already know i've already put you in your little box here you are whereas with someone who maybe doesn't know who i am and they we start talking and they open up and the empathy is there and then we start connecting and sharing mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing i mean that's how friendships are sometimes made is mm-hmm. these crazy stories that we all
1: have healthy friendships. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Yeah. So
0: <clears throat> you mentioned being, I guess it mindful enough to be aware of who you're sharing with mm-hmm. and who is a safe space for you being boundaried. Um, it does take mindfulness mm-hmm. and I've done the, the mindless sharing and I still do it today where I think I'm in good company. And then I realize. That was probably a mistake. I probably overshared in that moment,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that might come back to bite me. <laughs> Even though I love that person, I think it was the wrong choice.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's how we learn. Yeah, like that's. I mean, I don't. There probably are some humans who are born with that intuitive sense of of none of. You know, I don't share. They are just spot on. Then there's some who don't share with anybody that are totally disconnected from other humans. And then there's overshares, where we have to learn. And that's, I'm in that category.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, obviously I am. Look at me. <laughs> Everyone listen to me. Um, okay. but, your, but your stories changed lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the better. Yeah. It's changed mine. That's the, that's the big one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> okay. Some of, um, some of it, let's talk about some of the things to maybe not say, and then talk about some of the things to say. So what are things that maybe you've said, or you've heard that are fall in the line more of sympathy,
1: pity? Oh boy. Um,
0: I'll give you one. Yeah. I feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or shame on you for like, I can't believe you said that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that happened. And it immediately makes the other person feel like, oh, you're right. Like we start questioning ourselves. There's no Mm -hmm. validation. There's no hope. It's like, that's a really bad situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, if you think that's bad, let me tell you this. (laughs) Yes, that is
1: probably, which I don't think is necessarily done to be mean Mm -hmm. they're thinking they're connecting through the wrong, the wrong routes.
0: Yes. Um, when someone says, I feel sorry for you, or that must be terrible. They are standing at a safe distance rather than conveying the powerful me too of empathy in community. It it communicates not me. And then it adds, but I do feel sorry for you. Sympathy can even be a trigger for shame, which we, you know, Mm -hmm. shame is like a whole other podcast that we need a series probably on.
1: It is, it is. And different families of origin and different cultures definitely have used shame as a, a way of coping. Yeah. The shame on you, Mm -hmm. shame on you or shame on you not being perfect or this could never happen. This would never happen to me. How did you get here? Yes.
0: Or, Oh, if that happened to me, I would never be able to stay. Mm -hmm. I get that a lot. Um, or most recently I'm hearing, and this one wants, I, if you've said this to me, I have wanted to punch you in the face. So <laughs> just be aware. We're probably not on great terms right now. <laughs> when people tell me, I saw this coming. I saw your divorce coming.
1: Uh, thank you. Like that's... <laughs> I didn't. Extremely insensitive. And the only two people who knew the inner workings of the marriage are the two of you.
0: Yes. And I didn't even know half of them, apparently. So that's not empathetic. It's not loving. It's not connecting. It's definitely... Shame based and Mm -hmm. full of pity for me. Like I can't believe you didn't see this coming because I'm a stranger and I did. Mm -hmm. And judgment, yeah, lots of judgment, yeah. Um, disappointment. So maybe judgment in the situation. Um, I know I've said it in the past. I would have. I would leave if my husband cheated you know, my children would never get abused because I'm, you know, protect them. I'd only let people I trust babysit them. I educated them and then Mm -hmm. life happens. And those are all things that I'm sure I offended the people around me by saying those things without any ill intent. Like I just was being insensitive and mindless in my words.
1: For sure. We've all done it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's one of the things, um, as I've been on my journey of healing is having to forgive myself for those moments. And when they still do still happen because I'm human to do my best to go back and own it, can't fully take it back, but you can at least be self-aware enough to say, Oh my gosh, that was insensitive. All right. Didn't mean it to come out that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we have a good friendship here. Mm -hmm. We feel safe telling each other all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. When you are having a moment of heartache, despair, stress, frustration, and you need to vent, Mm -hmm. I often, I'm like, I don't know what to say. So I just let you talk. I just listen. Mm -hmm. And that's usually all. I mean, I don't really have anything much to say back other than I'm so sorry, or that sounds painful. And yeah, you have every reason to feel that way. Like it makes sense why you feel that way.
1: Yeah, that's that's my favorite,
0: right? It's like, yeah, Eden, I tell that to myself. It makes sense that Mm -hmm. I feel scared right now because Mm -hmm. of this history. Um, So even if I have all these skills, I have a safe friendship, I still don't know the right words, and I don't have to. I do have a a few phrases. So like I said, um, saying that makes sense, why you would feel that way. Mm -hmm. That's when I say a lot. Be- and it's genuine, even though it's rote and I'm saying it frequently, I mean it.
1: Mm-hmm. I know one that you've said to me before was that was really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing something like, or trusting me to share that, trusting me enough to share that with me. Thank you. Yeah. And that just made me feel heard and validated because most of the time nobody can take away our pain, our frustration, our anger, any of our emotions. Um, but just hearing that, thanks for trusting me with that. Yeah, was a big was a big deal. And I so I knew I'd been heard. Sometimes you just have to vent it and just yes. it's gone. And then you have a friend who's trusted you, and they're not gonna be like, Oh my gosh, can you believe what she said?
0: Yeah, I don't it's, remember half <laughs> the things she told me <laughs> like, we just that's what we do. We mm-hmm. share and then we move through it and move mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it's not holding space in my head. Um okay, so I get it, I feel you, I've been there. These are things we can still say with empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what you said before we started recording, um, you don't necessarily, you can say I've been there. I've, you know, I've been in a similar, similar space without jumping into your own story. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? Cause you mentioned that before.
1: Um, I try to, when people, friends or people I come across will kind of share something you can, I'll try to say, I, I understand, or I think I understand, um, that I, that's, I guess just trying to do my best that way. It's just trying to say, I I think I understand I, or my story is not exactly the same, but I can relate on this level. And also what I try to, um, tell myself in my, my mind is while I may not understand their exact situation and they don't understand my exact situation is that I can understand how I felt when mm-hmm. I have been hurt and have empathy that they are feeling hurt, brokenheartedness and despair and have empathy for the emotions. Cause we all feel those it's different things that cause those emotions and try to have empathy for that and come yeah. about it from that angle.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I know when you've, you know, given me that space to say, you know, I've been in similar shoes it gives me the opportunity to then ask when I'm ready, maybe not in the trauma of my my mess, when I've kind of started to get my head above water, to say, "Hey, tell me what that situation looked like for you. Like, how? What were the steps you took to get out of it?" Mm-hmm. Um, but right when we're in it and we're kind of shock mode and and not sure how to take the next step, hearing a lot of information of like, "This is." all the things that I did to get to where I'm at today sometimes is way too much information and mm-hmm. very overwhelming.
1: Mm-hmm. We just want to be validated in the moment that we have value and we're human and we hurt and someone hurt us. Yes. But I'm not always awesome at doing that. Oh. <laughs> so, right. you know, yeah, we're just going a disclaimer the
0: entire episode. <laughs> we don't know how to do all this, but we try, we do at times, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna give uh two examples. When my younger brother uh he took his life 11 years ago, and that is one where you mentioned you know people have questions, they want to know how did he take his life, you know, and was it a suicide, and all these things. And I'm just telling you now if someone is going in for a surgery, if someone has passed away. Passed away you want to know details. You don't, mm-hmm. there's no part of you. And I think as humans, we just want to make sense. And like, wait, they were kind of the same age as me. Like what happened? Because does that mean I'm going to, you know, like mm-hmm. we want to understand why someone got divorced because I'm married and I want, I don't want that to happen to me. So like, explain it to me, but it's, it's <clears throat> showing up with out to empathy in those moments because it's the letting our human part of us, the mind take over and not our heart Mm -hmm. and our, in those moments, we need our heart to show up before our head. And I think of, um, two experiences. So when my brother passed, um, sister Demas down the street, (laughs) um, I grew up in the same neighborhood for years and she, text me and she said I know you have a lot of the grandkids there at the house and we had all this you know adult siblings and my parents were all in my parents house trying to get things ready it was actually a really dreamy week because we took the week off from work we had all like every, all six kids well they're five kids now all in one roof just you know going over memories going through photos but the kids were a mess and we're trying to take care of them and entertain them and feed them and It was just a lot. She texted and said, I'm just going to come and pick up the kids at 10 a.m. And I'm going to, you know, do some crafts and entertain them. I'll feed them. And it was like 10 grandkids.
1: That's a lot. Maybe
0: more. (laughs) And all ages. um, She just came and did it. And I'm sure it was so much work for her. And probably not what she was like, dang it, why did I say I would do this? but uh, that stood out to me the most out of what anyone else did because she just, she didn't ask. She said, I'm coming to pick up all the grandkids at 10 AM tomorrow. Like just have them ready. Mm -hmm. Um, that was huge. And it was so helpful for all of us. Um, another one, um, with words, you know, if you don't have the right, you know, sorry, you don't have the space maybe to go and care of all these grandkids. Um, but you have words, um, <clears throat> and Patrick, who is the, uh, my former co-host on the betrayed the addicted and the expert. He's the expert, his wife, Jenny, when she saw me after my dad passed away, uh, she just gave me a huge hug and she just cried on my shoulder and she said, it sucks. Yeah, it just sucks. And I'm so sorry. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like this is all I needed. I Mm -hmm. just needed a hug and like I could cry and just tell me it sucks because there's no other words for it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It is.
0: And it was, it was just this really simple, like one minute interaction, but it stuck hard with me. And I think of when we go through like a funeral line and you never know what to say. And you're, you're there because you have compassion and you want to show the family that you love them or loved the person who's passed away. And yet sometimes we say the most awkward things or at, it's just the weirdest situation. And so for me, it's just, I loved hearing stories mm, about my dad or my brother, um, that were like, you know, you may not know this story. I heard all these stories I had never heard because it was this one individual that may not have even been in my life telling, um, or just saying, you know, it sucks. I'm so sorry. And a hug that that's all we have to say. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have these beautiful, you know, Hallmark card words to show compassion.
1: Yes. And so I think what's kind of resonating here that keeps kind of coming to the surface, um, through A, my own experiences, and B, kind of what you shared is when it it comes time for people to show empathy, so often acts of service Mm -hmm. speak so much louder than words. If they had called you and said, what can we do? Nobody in their right mind is going to say, take these 10 kids for a whole day because you'd feel horrible asking that. But when somebody showed up, she obviously has been through something similar because she knew the family needed to be together to grieve, the kids are overwhelmed by the emotional chaos in the home. And that was a huge act of service. So she showed empathy, because she's been through something similar, where she knew I'm looking at this from the outside in, they need help with these kids. And so she could observe that and just offer and do mm-hmm. right. Um, I relate to your story about friends of your dad's who came through the line, when my dad passed away, some of his friends from college had shown up and they brought little pictures because obviously when they hear of the death of a friend, they probably go through some of their pictures and they brought some pictures of our father, um, you know, hanging out in college and we'd never seen him before. And so, and I unfortunately don't remember my dad's friend's names, but it's like, they showed up. Mm -hmm. My dad's friends from college showed up to his viewing 40 or 50 years later. Um, And it showed the empathy and and gave us another perspective of our father. And that was, it was great. They're, they're in the pit with you. They're connecting. And I think acts of service probably are more powerful than words during people's trials.
2: Yeah.
0: I love that. And that's probably something that was beneficial for their grieving as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe they thought was like silly to bring the photo or something, but how meaningful it really could be. Mm Um, I think even just showing up to a viewing alone, like in general, if you're going to someone's viewing, they will remember. Yes. I remember the people who showed up, the friends who drove hours to come to a viewing. I was like, what are you doing here? Like, I already know you love and support me. Oh my gosh. Um, it matters. Mm -hmm. And so I always try, um, to show up in those moments because like you said, at the very beginning, I know that pain Mm -hmm. that's there. And, um, one of my favorite things actually, um, I remember my mom and dad saying about four months after my brother had passed, they could feel people stop praying for them. Hmm. Like all of a sudden it just got heavy. And it, you know, I remember going in our, the viewing services and things We weren't the ones crying. It was all the people coming through the line crying. And we were just like kind of that lifted up, you know, we're buoyed up by all these people who are offering that service and love and support. And she said, I really could feel it. Just stop. You know, people forget Mm -hmm. they move on. And what some of the people had done was they sent, it's never too late to send a card. Right. And so they sent a card, um, four months after, and a few of them specifically said, "This is when it started to hurt more for me." And they sent like a gift card to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like That's these nice. are these are the days that you may just want to go out to eat. Yes, and I kind of loved that because they were thinking ahead. Because every it's like you know when someone has a baby, everyone buys them baby clothes for like that
1: newborn baby, and then. But what about when they're a year and two years, you know? Yes. They all wear the baby clothes for like a day <laughs> Yes, and they need larger ones. And, and so it's that thinking ahead. Yeah. Yes. I like that because it, it is, it's when you've lost somebody, you've gone through a trial, a trial that's public. Yeah. People leave your side after a while. Cause they do carry on with life.
0: Yeah. And they're supposed to, um, <clears throat> another one that you can pipe in. I'm just going to keep talking. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was going through the divorce and it was not public yet. Um, just a few close friends knew you included. Um, you came and well, you text me and said, Hey, I'm going to park city. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come? And we'll go to dinner. You had to do a showing Mm -hmm. up in park city. And, um, I thought, why not? Like normally I would say, no, I'm spending time with my family, but I was hurting and the kids could stay with their dad and, although separated, we can make it work. And so I just went and it was such a good night for me to just get away and to, for a moment, not be in the mess of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just like, Oh, this is nice. Oh, park city. Oh, look at this house. Oh, let's have dinner, mm-hmm. you know, drive the Canyon. So that was really, really nice. And it wasn't, you were already doing it. It like, wasn't this huge planned event. hmm it's like, just come join me.
1: And it was great for both of us. It was fun to have a good friend with me while I was going on a drive and fun to have you there and to go to dinner because who doesn't want to eat dinner when you're going to park (laughs) city? I don't want to (laughs) eat it alone. So it was awesome that it worked out, you know, and got you out of your house as well. Yes.
0: Um, another thing, if you're thinking of things, what can I do for someone? Um, divorce is not uh, contagious, but yeah, it is super awkward. I think people just don't know what to say. And especially if you haven't seen me for a year, some of my neighbors and old neighbors that have just seen me for the holidays are like, well, oh, geez, like I have to put them at ease, like, Hey, and remind them like I'm here and you know, my former husband, he's over here. And, and, um, it's, it's a little awkward, but I'm Okay. And, uh, one of the things that a friend did was she sent me a door gift certificate, <clears throat> which I'd never even done door And she's like, there's probably going to be days where you don't even want to go pick up your food. You just want it delivered. And I was like, nah, like I've always been, I can go pick up my food, but I had those days and now I'm like, I get it. Mm -hmm. That really was a a great gift for the nights where you don't want to go out. Mm -hmm. You just need it delivered. You need some good food, not cereal, some hot food. So I think there's things and she didn't, I mean, that was easy. It's like you do it online and you send it over, Mm -hmm. but it mattered in the moments ahead. Like when I used that gift certificate up, it was like, wow, that was such a great
1: gift. Yes. And now you remember when somebody else has a time of grief, whatever may be the cause, but cooking is a burden sometimes. Oh yeah. There's very few of us at our age that enjoy cooking every <laughs> night in the middle of grief
2: <laughs> and Never. flowers.
1: Like we obviously like send lots of flowers to say, I'm thinking of you, but it's also nice to send things that are probably cost the same, that provide mm-hmm. a service for people that say, I'm thinking of you. And this will simplify something in your life.
0: Yeah. The simplify. I think that's probably a big part of it, especially I mean any trial whether you've are struggling in your marriage, you are getting divorced, you're separated, there's been a death, your children are rebelling. Like there's so many different things. Child loss. Lots mm-hmm. of different things. It, there are all these things that are filled with shame, but they don't need to be. We've all I mean, maybe we haven't all been there, but there's a lot of me too's out there.
1: Mm-hmm. And I I mean I've had a couple of experiences where I've had some friends who were just they didn't know what was going on in my life. Um, there was a period where I just felt alone and I didn't know why I was feeling alone and just felt very depressed. And I had a friend show up with cupcakes one day. And that was like, it's so silly that like the cup steak cupcake story has been so impactful. But all she was saying was basically, "Is I felt impressed to bring these to you. And for me, first of all, they are like my drug of choice. <laughs> Secondly, it was her saying, I, I love you and I value you and I have no idea what's going on and I don't care what's going on. Just you're an important person in my eyes and God's eyes. So here are your cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really impacted me. Just these little, these little acts of service mean a lot to people in trials versus words or asking for showing up and saying, I can tell you're really struggling. Let me have all the details now. <laughs> yeah. tell me why you're getting divorced or you don't, it's not what anybody needs when they're in a trial, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: So I think a part of this could be, um, setting some boundaries, um, which when we announced our divorce, we did set some boundaries and, um, we announced it publicly on social media and then on our podcast. And at the end asked for people to not seek questions, like seek out answers and, you know, to show up for us in our sorrow rather than just in our wins. And I would say 99% of people did that. They could respect our boundaries and it was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I still get some messages here and there. They're like, I don't understand. Please give me details. I'm like,
1: you're a stranger. No, (laughs) that's just delete. That's crazy. I mean, that's (laughs) crazy, especially from a stranger they strangers. Sometimes good friends are like, what, what happened? Well, but yeah. And that's but different. But strangers, like that's just crazy.
0: Yeah. So I think even with sharing, so if I'm in a, maybe in a moment where I'm very triggered and I need to vent mm-hmm. something that is more boundary, which I don't always do. Sometimes I will record something and then be like, here's a, don't listen to that if you don't want to be triggered or something. Um, but asking for permission, are you in a place where you can hear me vent? Mm-hmm. Are you You know, is this going to be a burden on you more than anything? Mm -hmm. Um, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need solutions. Or sometimes I might say, I need help me figure this out. I don't know what to do. I need solutions or ideas or help me give me eyes to see what I'm not
1: seeing. Yeah. I think boundaries, that's great that you communicate the boundaries and you have done that in our our conversations before as well as you know, setting the expectation. Hmm. This is, this is what I want back. This is, this is my boundary, but all this, this is, this is what I need back. This is what I don't need back. So just, just listen Yeah. Or, or give me feedback. I'm struggling with this. What, what are your thoughts? And it's, it is, it's a, the boundaries and managing an expectation of what you, what you want, because sometimes as humans, we react thinking somebody has something they want. They want, they have an expectation that they need from us. And we, sometimes we just, there's nothing they need besides just us listening.
0: Yeah. And I think that is probably right on is setting the expectation before sharing. And I even do this with my kids. Like when they're about to tell me something, it's okay. Do you need me to be your cheerleader? And I'm just going to like cheer you on. Do you need me to teach you and help you find solutions or am I just listening?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And guess what? It's like 99% of the time they just want me to listen. Mm-hmm. And yet as a mom, I'm showing up and I'm like, I got to fix this. Let's make it better. I don't want you to hurt. And that doesn't do anything for them. It does something for me. Mm -hmm. And that's not the the whole idea. Um, uh, Here's here's a parenting switch for me. Um, I learn from other people around me, and I love when people share what is working for them in parenting and uh, one thing that's I've seen a lot of my friends do is give their kids mental health days. And so instead of letting, you know, I was the kid who faked sick so that I could stay home because <laughs> I didn't want to go to school uh, rather than just saying, I don't want to go to school. I'm overwhelmed or mm-hmm. I'm tired or, you know, mentally or physically, I don't want to go to school. So. I've started to do that for my kids and just try to show up with more empathy and understanding for their little brains and where they're at. And, you know, when they're talking about their friendships and the drama with boys and girls, it's so little and it's so silly, but for them, it's big. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember that and just listen and show up. And, and so that's where I'm trying to be better with the empathy part and not uh show up in pity or sympathy or fix fix it mode mm-hmm. with
1: my kids. Yes. And fix it mode, I think is a parental instinct. Yeah. Because it's when they fell down and got hurt as toddlers, we picked them up and fixed them. We gave them a kiss, we put on a band-aid, they got better. It's not so simple now. Plus they have to learn how to navigate the world as adults, which is our primary job to be able to set them free and navigate. Um but I like your idea of the mental health day because we all need those. We all need to schedule them into our, our, our schedule, which is really just as adults, it's called self-care. Yeah. Yeah. However we, we fit that in. And this time of year in the hustle and bustle of the winter months and holidays, most of us forget our self-care, Yeah, which is probably the most important time. We're just give, 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 right? Yes. So
0: take some time for you and show empathy and I think maybe that we, we, didn't even talk about that, but giving empathy and compassion to others really starts with us. If mm-hmm. we cannot do it for ourselves and, and to really show up on the days we need a mental health day or the days we say all the wrong things and we parent wrong and we partner wrong, we work wrong, whatever we're doing that we can show empathy and understanding and grace through that compassion rather than shame. And you know, making making the spiral go further down.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It is one of the um, I can't remember which twelve step it is, but the twelve steps of recovery for all different kinds of programs. Forgiving yourself mm-hmm. is one of the top things you learned through that program. And and cutting yourself from some slack for doing the very best you did at the time. Yeah. So
0: I mean, you've heard it here. We've both owned our part of we've screwed up and we probably will continue (laughs) to screw up, but it's, it's not about being perfect. It really isn't. I don't know that we can ever be perfect at any of these skills. I think it is honestly just being mindful and conscious enough to try. Absolutely. And we can always come back and say, I screwed up. I'm really sorry. I responded that way. I want to be there for you. How do you need me?
1: That's perfect.
0: (laughs) That's what I'll do next time.
1: Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'll try to remember to do that too. All right. Any last thoughts, Kristen? No, I just think that the biggest thing is when we are offended by somebody or offended or hurt by how somebody responds to us is part of my own healing has been to say, you know what? They're, they're doing their best. And I hope somebody cuts me this slack if I offend them or hurt them. Cause I'm not, I'm not doing it intentionally. Yeah. It's, just remembering to have grace for others when that does happen to us instead of taking so much of our own emotional energy to be angry and hurt. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that's a huge part of this is I think the most of us are really trying to show compassion. We just don't know how.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: All right, Kristen, I ask everyone what their most recent be the Buffalo
1: moment is. What is yours? my most recent buffalo moment has to do with uh something in my professional life just found myself in a situation that was not good or bad but was very scary and intimidating to me and um, i ran with it i jumped in i embraced it and i ran with it and became a solo practicing my business solo without any teammates and it was so scary um, but I did it and it worked out for the best and created a whole new level of self-awareness and self-confidence and success in myself and opened all new doors. And it was scary, but jumping in and running into the storm, instead of being scared and lingering back or whatever, it just, it allowed me to grow. I love that. And
0: I'm starting to feel some of that, like, okay, I'm going to be a Buffalo in my business. And I'm a little bit of the cow this year. I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna
1: stay right here cause this is a lot. Yeah.
0: So I'm gonna follow in your footsteps. So thank you for sharing.
1: Thank you. Change is hard, but it's good.
0: Yes. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time until next time be
2: the Buffalo.